great. Hello. Hey. Hi, oh, Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. I'm just um, want to um, uh, revamp, re, uh, re, regurgitate a, a couple things before we get started. Um, one is that the interview is um, intended to understand your unique executive coaching experiences and the use of executive coaching competencies. Um, you were selected because you satisfied the criteria defined in the study for an expert executive coach based on your number of professional coaching hours and the graduate, postgraduate degree it's completed. Um, our, lim- our interview is limited to one hour. If you wish to extend the time, you may do so. Um, throughout the conversation, um, you can you know, feel free to relay only those details that you feel comfortable sharing with me. You also have the right to stop the interview at any time um, as your participation is voluntary. Um, the interview is anonymous. And the only, uh, other than a transcriber, I'll be the only person uh, who actually knows who you are, but the transcriber has signed a confidentiality agreement. Okay. Uh, are there any questions before we get started? No. Um, okay. Will you be defining terms? So I want to, just so that I'm right. consistent with the definition of what you mean when you say competencies. Okay. So by competencies, yep. And I and if and if I ask a question that you don't understand, I'll be happy to clarify it and to define any of those terms as well. But by competencies, um, in my dissertation research, is defined as the knowledge, skills, knowledge, skills, and abilities. Okay. Um, and so you can talk about it um, from those those different vantage points. Great. Okay. So the first question is, um, can you talk a little bit about your experiences in the use of executive coaching competencies? And you can talk about anything from the domains that you've coached in, the kinds of clients you coach, et cetera. Okay. And feel free to ask clarifying questions if I don't quite get where you want me to go with the answer. Okay. Um, So I have been coaching for 18 years, and it's predominantly executives, leaders, and teams in the context of organizations. Um, So the competencies required in that playing field include um, the usual competencies for coaching, which I would include listening and asking provocative questions and uh, really standing for the client's agenda and building trust and all of those Um, things that that are the core competencies for coaching in general, but it also includes competencies around understanding systems thinking and being able to manage multiple tiers of clients simultaneously um, and serving a number of different agendas simultaneously because when you're coaching in an organization, you're not just coaching the, the executive or the team or the leader. There's usually a coaching sponsor that Uh, you need to coordinate with, and sometimes that's the person's boss, and sometimes the person's boss is a third person in the engagement as well, in addition to the sponsor. Um, And there's often multiple levels of um, objectives, really. You know, you've got the client's agenda, the client's objectives, but then you also have to connect that in a meaningful way to the organization's objectives or the department's objectives or the, the goals of whoever hired you for the coaching engagement, which isn't often the same person that you're coaching. So it it just deals with more layers than, uh, you know, a straight one-on-one coaching engagement that isn't in the context of an organization. Okay. And um, you had, um, you talked about the the basic um, competencies that includes uh, listening and, and asking provocative questions, and then you shared some, a few others that may have been a, a little, um, different in, in terms of expanding the, the, the scope of competencies that you use. Um, you, you indicated systems thinking, 
um, and connecting um, um, goals in a meaningful way. Can you say a little bit more about systems thinking and, and what do you actually mean by that? Understanding the system in which the client and their work uh, reside, not just reside, but um, live and move around and breathe. And so it's there's so many layers of awareness to bring into a coaching in an organizational context. So you have to understand the system that is the organization uh, within the system that is um, whatever the industry that it's in or the market forces that it that it plays within. Um, there's also a need to have awareness around the the way organizations are structured. So sometimes there's the system of the board, the system of other stakeholders, the system of a team or division or department, um, and then there's the system of the individual that you're coaching as well as a system connected into all of these other layers, right? So okay. um, it's just a awareness on many, many levels at once and how it all fits together and what how it all informs each other. And, and then there's the you know the politics in an organization or the culture culture and how things get done and how your client navigates through that and what are some of the forces that influence um, what it is that your client's trying to accomplish. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. I appreciated it. And is, and is that um, does that tie to um, your reference to connect, the ability to connect in a meaningful way, or is that something different? So the, it's that and more. So the connecting okay. in a meaningful way is if your client has an agenda, let's say, for example, you're coaching a senior executive in a large multinational consulting um, conglomerate, and the senior executive has a goal of um, advancing his career, and perhaps you're coaching him around advancing his career. But in order to be able to advance his career, he has to have awareness of um, – what are his objectives in terms of his job? Because if he wants to advance his career, he has to excel at his current job. But he also has to look at what are the objectives of his boss and how can he attach his objectives in a meaningful way to those of his boss? And or what are the objectives of, uh, of the department in which he works or the team that he's part of or the division that he's within? Uh, and how does all of that connect to the larger – it's almost like expanding concentric circles, right? He's in the okay. middle, and then he's got – so he's got his objectives, and then there's his boss's objectives, the team's objectives, the division's objectives, the department's objectives, mm -hmm. the, the organization's objectives, right? So it just keeps expanding outward. And all of those need to be linked in a meaningful way. And typically, um, very few executives take the reflection and strategic thinking time out of their busy day to start looking at how do we connect all those dots in a meaningful way, and that's really what coaching provides for them. Okay. So, um and that that sort of leads to the other question which is um can you describe the executive coaching competencies that you use? And so we've um I know that you've highlighted and iterated some of them in your response to the first question, but can you can, can we just go a little deeper and you describe them so you for example, you just talked about the coach's role in helping the executive to to reflect et cetera. Can you talk about sort of how you do it? Well, there's so my training as a coach 18 years ago and 
um, somewhat ongoingly, has been in the domain of ontological coaching. Okay. So what that means is the study of being and learning um, learning how to listen. I call it listening at the cellular level because you're not listening at just the words. You're listening to what they're saying, what they're not saying, what they're withholding, who they're being. You're listening to who they're being, really. And you're okay. helping them. You're holding up a mirror so that they can see who they're being, and then they can choose and have some freedom around. Uh, they can have freedom from the automatic ways of being that have accumulated throughout their lives based on whatever influences they've met with. And then they can choose if the if who they're being they can choose ways to align who they're being with who they want to be in terms of who who they want to be as a leader, what they want their leadership brand to be, how they want to show up um, as an executive in whatever role they're in or as a teammate or as a coworker, whatever. They get to define that. It's their agenda. So it's it's really helping them see who they're being and if that's aligned with and consistent with um, their commitment, who they want to be being. And then when you look at is there – helping them define who do you want to be, and and you look at the current state, the current reality, then there's often a gap, and it's identifying the gap and, and helping them identify actions or activities or behaviors or strategies for decreasing or eliminating the gap between who they want to be and who they are currently. And is there is there is there a particular how you do that, or... Is it just is 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 it intuitive well, I do or it in conversation? I, okay. I do it in conversation in um, either in person or by phone, and it's a series of conversations that happens over the course of six months to a year. Um, and, and the how is really through uh, listening, asking questions putting it all in the context of their goals and then how those goals intersect to the larger concentric circles of everybody else's goals and objectives, too. So the how is by listening. I mean, there's an intuitive piece of the how. There's... um, It really comes from the client. So as I'm listening to whatever it is that they're saying, the next question gets generated. Okay. In in that space. I don't come with a so so I don't have a set of here are my coaching questions that I use in every call. Um, okay. It's all generated in the moment in real time with the client. So I guess oh. that another competency there is intense focus. Okay. And and in addition to intense focus and reflection, can you describe any other executive coaching competencies that you that you use or predominantly use um, during your executive coaching engagements? We well, so this isn't going to sound like a competency as other people would describe it, probably. Okay. But I, so, but I I use um, I use something that I call weaving. So I'm weaving, weaving with the W. Yeah, weaving, like you would weave a tapestry. Okay, weaving, Um, okay. Yeah, there's a way of weaving the conversation so that, um, you know, if if I'm the needle and thread and I'm going into the conversation and coming up from the bottom and then going to a different place and going back into the conversation and then coming up in a different place and, 
the whole thing knits together as a tapestry that makes sense. Okay. There's a lot of different places that I'm weaving. So I'm weaving um, what they say they want. I'm weaving what I know to be their objectives. I'm weaving what the organization wants or needs. I'm weaving their macro goals as well as their micro goals, their public agenda as well as their private agenda. We're looking at um, how they're showing up in the moment with me and for themselves and for others and what that means in terms of the bigger picture. I mean, so that there's so many different entry points into the tapestry, you know, and it's, okay. um, and I just kind of go into it and out of it. And so I call it weaving. I don't, okay. I don't know what anyone else would call it as a competency, but. Well, I, actually, I like that analogy. I'm wondering though, can you um, perhaps reflect on a, a successful coaching engagement you have and then provide um, through that example, describe some of the executive coaching competencies that, that may have played into that? If, if, if I don't know if that sort of helps to um, to go broader. So, um, hmm. connections, making connections is another okay. competency. Um, so listening strategically, listening specifically, listening generally, listening in a focused way, listening in a abstract way, listening creatively, listening lots of different ways of listening, um, and connecting dots. So connecting um, something that they say in the moment with something they might have said three months ago, or connecting something that they're thinking with what I know to be going on in their organization or, you know, there's just seeking connections constantly. So listening for opportunities to contribute and seeking connections to help them see things in a new way. Okay. Thank you. Um, Is there, before we move to the next question, are there is there any are there any other executive coaching competencies that you can think of that you might want well, there's to all, I mean there's all the normal like you know contracting and confidentiality and um keeping the the leadership informed you know if you, whoever you're coaching has to report to somebody um so there's usually some other party in an organization that you have to keep informed right. um I don't know if that's – do you mean right. all the competencies of a whole engagement, or are you talking specifically in the coaching conversation? It, as part of the the coaching engagement itself. Uh, for example, um, you know, there are, there are those competencies that, that ICF sort of promulgate and not everyone sort of ascribes to those depending upon, you know. Um, and so are there – and I don't know sort of where you were – where you developed your coaching skills or competencies, so I don't know if those are are you predominantly weighted to the ICF competencies or are there there are others that might be different. Um, well, my coach use? training, my my coach training and start when I started my business, it was all before ICF existed. Okay. So, um, I mean, I've been a member since ICF since before it was ICF. It used to be called the um, PCPA, Professional Coaches. 
uh, something, PPCA, no, Professional and Personal Coaches Association is what it was called before it was ICF. And so I was a member of that, and then we merged and became ICF. And okay. um, and then they started developing competencies. And, you know, as, a, as an ICF member, I, um, you know, I certainly – uphold and subscribe to those competencies and mm-hmm. I don't think that's the whole picture. I think they have okay. a very okay. limited view of coaching competencies and I think they also have a, a view that's um their view of coaching competencies I believe better serve life coaches than executive coaches because executive okay. coaching has all these other elements and dynamics that I was describing earlier. Okay. Okay. And and that's really great that you made the extent ex, ex, um distinction because this study focuses on executive coaching competencies and those are the ones I'm primarily interested in. And I think that I'm able to call out the ones that you might would say are different. For example, when you talk about the systems thinking um, and the ability to, to make the connections between the, the, the leader and the organization, leader and the teams, and the leader and the mission, et cetera. Um, um, okay. Um, the, the third question then is what what perceptions – um, do you associate with executive coaching competencies? One of them you just talked about, which is that you do see a distinction between um, you, you see the executive coaching competencies as being maybe different than some other type of coaching competencies, such as the ones that are defined in the ICF model. But are there any? Uh, can you talk about any of the perce- any other perceptions you might have regarding executive associated regarding executive coaching competencies? Yeah, so there's one perception I have that in order to succeed as an executive coach, you have to have leadership capacity yourself, experience, et cetera. So if you've never led an organization, if you've never um, served on a board, if you've never done any of the things that your executive clients are facing, uh, I think you're at a deficit, right? And I think that so I think that there's a leadership competency that is critical and distinct in executive coaching that you may not need in any other kind of coaching. Um, so leadership experience and, and leadership knowledge and leadership uh, development, continual leadership development. I I also, and this is my bias, I don't know that you'd find this if you spoke to other executive coaches, but I also believe that, that there's um, – you have to, I think you have to understand the world that your clients play in. Not like you have to understand their industry specifically, but you kind of have to understand the basic underpinnings of business, right? You have to understand fiscal responsibility. You have to understand business development. You have to understand business ethics. You have to understand how deals are made. And, um, you know, I just think that... more than leadership, you know, you kind of have to understand how teams are formed and how it, there's all the some of the OD stuff you have to understand. Not not that you have to bring that as expertise to inform your coaching, but I think that you need a background of context um, so that you're hearing your client in the context that they're meaning with what they're when they're talking about these things that they face. Um, you know, that said, I'm no accountant and I couldn't walk you through an EBITDA of any organization, but I know the term, right? So it's some of it is about understanding their language and their technology. Some of it is, 
being curious and continually learning and expanding your own awareness. Um, so I have a perception that executive coaches are people who understand organizations, um, people who have their own experience in, in an organizational or leadership context, et cetera. So I think that's probably the, the main one. But I also think that there's a piece around um, business development that executive coaches embrace, understand, own, that I, that I don't see life coaches doing. And and it's funny because what you shared is, is really the ongoing debate in the literature now where and and your background is is business where that you know there's in particular between those who coach who are in business and those who coach who are you know grew up and have sort of psychological counseling uh, background and history in the literature they say well you don't have to know understand the business and leadership you just have to you know know how to ask the right questions and be able to get into the psyche of um, executives and be able to help them sort of um, understand how they think, change how they think, understand how they think impacts, you know, their behavior, et cetera. And so there's that cognitive, the, the emphasis is more on the, the cognitive psychological development piece rather than this other part. Well, I agree and disagree. So I agree that, that you can be successful as an executive coach if you only go through the cognitive development piece. Um, it, however, this is where I disagree. It all depends on what your definition of coaching is. So if you okay. subscribe to the ICF definition of coaching as all you do is ask questions, okay, I buy that. Um, my definition of coaching is a little bit broader than what the ICF defines as pure coaching, I, I and I'd call it directive coaching, um, because there are times when I have knowledge to contribute uh, mm -hmm. in a coaching conversation. And I don't believe that I'm being paid $500 an hour to not share that knowledge if it can help. Um, I don't believe that I'm being paid $500 an hour just to ask questions. So okay. I take it further than just asking questions, and I believe mm -hmm. that's what my clients want and need and why they keep coming back. Um, and you know, based on ICF's defi definition of pure coaching, they would say that what I'm doing is part coaching, part consulting. You know, right, so well, part coaching, part mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. well, and it's not mentoring because I don't. You know, I was trained as a teacher. I my first career was in education. I I was no. You know, I don't have corporate executive experience in the sense that my clients do. I've led organizations. I've led teams. I've served on boards. I've led boards, but. I haven't had a corporate CEO role like these guys that I coach. Okay. So I, I can't mentor them from that perspective. So it's it's somewhat consulting. I, it's more teaching, you know, because to me consulting is much more based in benchmarks and facts and figures and comparative analysis and things that I'm not providing. Um, but to me it's in, it's in the context of coaching, and, and it's for the purpose of having them see things in a new way that's going to help them shift their thinking, expand their behavior, et cetera, in line with their goals and commitments. So it's it's all in a coach within a coaching approach. Um, but it's definitely um, a more expansive definition than what ICF right. um, advocates. Yeah. Okay. Um and then the 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 last question is um 
how do you perceive the influence of executive coaching competencies on clients' development? So what do you mean by that? Um, really, it's what I mean is the, the, the value, which um, how do you – yeah, how do you perceive the, the the value of executive coaching competencies in supporting clients' development? So what do they get out of it, you mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, you know, it's so funny because when I ask them what they get out of it, it's always different than what I see that they got out of it, okay. um, which is so I can answer both. So what I see they get out of it is enormous confidence and seeing things in new ways and an an expanded capacity for awareness and and their own um, development. I see them getting out of their own way. I see them getting, gaining choice and freedom and expression and, you know, all of these great things that help them move forward. So what they often say they get out of it is, um, sometimes they say confidence, but they often talk about getting, what they get out of it is, um, Finding their voice, owning their voice, having uh, a greater capacity to contribute, really understanding what is the best use of them um, and how to apply that strategically. Um, They talk about the value of having a sounding board to help them navigate the political landscape. Um, They talk about really the value of having time to reflect and having an expanded, you know, walking away with an expanded awareness, self-awareness, you know, so different things at different times. But what I, but, you know, I really observe that what they get is freedom, Mm -hmm. freedom from all kinds of things that hold them back. Oh, freedom, you're talking about in, in the context of things that get in their way. Yeah. Of their personal, professional development or business goals, et cetera. Yeah, freedom from um, their limiting beliefs, freedom from the things that they um, either blindly believe or old stories that they're telling themselves that they still believe because they didn't really have time to reflect it and reflect on it and change it until the coaching, things like that. You know, there are things that that we as human beings all do. We We sort of put things in place in our lives, structures and systems in place that we then sort of blindly follow and don't see anymore, right? So this is this is sort of a way for them to shine spotlights on things that they stopped seeing, or um, you know, hold up the hold up the item in a different way so that they can look at it from different angles that they m- might not have looked at it that way before. Um, it's really just kind of helping them see through new eyes, and uh, and then working in partnership to address whatever it is that they're facing. And and is the seeing is that is that the self awareness that you talk about? Yeah, okay. it is. Okay. Um, is there any any thing that we missed? That was the last question. I don't know if there's a any other competencies that you wanted to to emphasize that we haven't touched on. Anything that you think is sort of more predominant? Um, Well, I'm sure there are more um, that I'm just not accessing off the top of my head right now. Okay. Okay. Well, this was helpful. 
Um, and I appreciate, I do appreciate your taking the time, and, and for you to do it actually on today is really great. Um, and as you move through your study, if you hear of other things that you want to, you know, if you'd like to do a, hey, have you heard of these competencies or are these things you use, you know, if you want me to react to some of what you're hearing, I'm happy to do that too. I appreciate it because that's what I was going to ask next. Once I once I get through all the interviews and, and actually sift through um, the data, I may have a clarifying question or a follow-on question for you, and if I can reach back, that will be great. Yeah, sure, of course. Okay. Okay, and um, so I'll send you the transcription. You'll get it in, in the next two weeks. I'll send you now, though, the link to the demographic survey and the informed consent form that I just need to have on file um, of your voluntary to note your voluntary sure. participation in it, the um, the research, and I'll I'll go back to the email and get that out to you now. Um, I, this is really good information. It's 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 so fascinating to have these conversations too. And um, and actually, you, you know, this the, the our our interview and even the the interviews I've had so far is still echo consistent with the literature. They oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So there That's are there are thing, definitely right. I mean, it, you know, you wouldn't want to hear that the literature is talking about something that's not being reflected in what you're finding. Right. So. Correct. So it's going to be um, interesting to to see how is is there an interdisciplinary competency model, and and then what that might would be um, that can be leveraged across the disciplines. And I'm sure that all the disciplines will continue to do their own unique, bring their own unique tools and offers and and gifts to the coaching engagement. Um, but there there really is sort of a very telling and compelling distinction between you know, what those the business practitioners bring and offer compared to some of the others. Well, and I think it's useful for people to um, to identify those distinctions, if not if for no other purpose than for their own business development activities, right? Because mm-hmm. if the 50,000 coaches out there can say, well, I'm different from all the other coaches because I use these competencies or I use this philosophy or this methodology or I predominantly approach things from this way, then I think that's only going to help in the marketplace. It's only going to help everybody because right now there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace and it comes from the confusion in the industry and there's a lot of – like even the distinction we talked briefly about, the distinction between life coaches and business coaches, for example, you know, there isn't even really good terminology, right? If you're a business coach, how does that make you distinct from a leadership coach or an executive right. or an organizational right. coach? You know, there's all these different labels. And then even that I see as very distinct and unique and different from life coaching, but there are many, many people out there who say, well, I'm both, and their business card says life and business coach or life and executive coach. So I don't, you know, and to me, I don't understand how you could be both because to me they're so vastly different, but lots of people do that. So I think that there's a lot of, um, there, I think that there's a lot of sort of collapsed definitions or enmeshment in the in the market that, in the industry that translates out into confusion in the market and then I think that harms all of us because a confused buyer doesn't buy. <laughs> right. And and then the, the ontological um, um, perspectives that you that you bring or leverage through your executive coaching engagements, is is that something that evolved for you over time or were, were you sort of trained in it or? Uh, yeah, I was trained in the ontological 
methodology. Okay. That's really all that existed back then. So, you know, we're talking about 20 years ago. There wasn't, you know, now there's 400 coach training schools. <laughs> right. There weren't, what, you know, 18, 20 years ago, um, there, there really were not a whole lot of uh, organizations that were training coaches, and really the only training that existed back then was onto, on an ontological base. So it all kind of comes out of the um, – that has as its underpinnings the, the gestalt and the Jungian psychology and, a, right. um, you know, some of the Fernando Flores, and uh, there's just a lot of – it, it kind of goes way, way back, and that's really what um, – was the kind of background of coaching that then someone like, you know, you take a Thomas Leonard who then um, commercialized it really and made it, um, he was kind of, he's kind of recognized as the guy who took it more mainstream, but there were a bunch of us doing it even before he was. So, um, you know, it's just been really interesting to watch the industry evolve over the last 18 years, you know, and right. to think back to times when, I, when I had started my business and a prospective client would ask me what sport I coached, you know, <laughs> oh, I don't coach any sport. Oh, right, yeah. You, know, there, you had, to, you had to really there. do a lot of educating the the buyers as to what coaching was. At least now they have some idea. It may not be an accurate idea. You know, I, I still have people introduce me to others as a life coach, and I have to correct them, but, um, you know, but at least their people have heard of it now and they know it's not sports. Um, yeah, that's um, and they actually have them too, and and they have spiritual coaches and the, a litany of other types too. Oh yeah, and I even heard of one recently that blew my mind. Someone someone was a dolphin coach. A dolphin coach. Okay. A dolphin coach. Yeah. I'm like, I, really? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think that when you have. And I think ICF is starting to realize this too that they can't be all things to all coaches because it really mm-hmm. just there ceases to be a common ground there. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like trying to be an organization that serves all women. You know, you just can't go that broad. You have to specialize a little bit. That's um, I, I agree with that, and and that's. Well, I plan to once I come out of this doctor PhD program. I, I plan to start to develop my executive coaching competencies and to start to do some, you know, some some more work in that that area. Actually, I train at Georgetown University and I've been on a long sabbatical since um, because of the doctoral program. But and I like to um, also, if possible, coming out of this, hopefully, be in touch with you. Um, oh, over sure. time, as a part of the a net, just and building the network here in this area. Um, yeah, and Georgetown is such a great program. Are you? Uh, do you participate in their um, alumni activities? Serves? Yeah, the alumni stuff. I I, I haven't um, recently, but I am on the listserv, and so I do get the emails. Yeah, there's a great group, great faculty over there. You know, I I remember being um, in conversation with Neil Strell and Chris Wall. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Probably fifteen, sixteen years ago, when we were looking uh-huh. at whether or not we wanted to start a PCMA chapter here in the DC uh-huh. area, and there was a group of us that were looking at doing that right as they were getting the um, the Georgetown program started. Right, it was at the very beginnings of it. Um, and then I've done some work on various um, contracting teams with Frank Ball and some of the other. Oh yeah, they they've been there for a long. Neil Stroll and Frank and. 
all of them, Pat Matthews and Chris Wall, and they were, they were a great group. It was a, it was a, it was a very rewarding experience. It really, yeah. really, really was. Yeah, they really put so, together a great program there. So very um, well respected, and it's one that I recommend quite a bit. When I'm always getting people asking me where should they go get their coach training, and there's so many choices out there now. So. Oh, that's great, and because you're in the local area, correct? Yeah, you're, yeah, I'm you're in three hundred one. Okay, okay, great. And where are oh, you? Okay, I'm actually I live in Bowie, Maryland, but I actually work in Rockville. Oh, cool. So we could mm-hmm. actually get together in person. Absolutely. That's what I was actually thinking. So once I get through this process, and I'll give you a, a, a courtesy copy of the findings, too, and, and I'll be happy great. to follow up and have lunch. That'll be great. Um, that sounds great. So um, I have all, I, I'm going to queue up the emails, and then I guess I'll look for the tape back from you. And you've saved me a lot of trouble because now I'm, I'm going to also go out there and get an account, and I can do the same thing for my other interviews. Yeah, because it's free, and you just tell people to dial in, and you press star 9, and then you just go download the MP3. It's very easy. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't want to keep you, keep, uh, keep you any longer than I have to. I want to be respectful of your time. I, I really, really do appreciate your participation. Um, well, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, you're so fascinating, you're, and your breadth and depth of experience is very, very, very impressive. Um and so I look forward to having a follow-on conversation with you in regards to, to coaching, and I plan to follow up about the lunch, too. Great. Sounds good. Well, I wish you the best of luck with all your research and pulling all this together in your dissertation, and I look forward to hearing what comes of it. Oh, and I should mention, actually, in case okay. I forget to mention later, that um, the Library of Professional Coaching is one of the organizations that I co-founded, and um, we're in the process of trans of, of transitioning the platform, but that's okay. a place where once you've written your dissertation, if you want to make it available in the library. Oh, I do. Coaching, um, it could get you some great exposure and, uh, you know, be another place to publish it. So, Library of Professional Coaching. Okay, so I'm going to, I do, I would like to do that. Great. Okay, so I'll follow up with you about that as well. Okay, good. Sounds good, Trina. Thanks for connecting and reaching out, and I look forward to meeting you. Okay, have a great day, Susie. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.